What's up party people? You know one of the worst things about being a self-employed performer? That's right, it's your tax. If you're sick and tired of collecting all your receipts and guessing your way through your tax rebate, well, I know the people that can remove the stress and make it as simple as five, six, seven, eight. That's right, it's Theat Accounts. They're an accounting company that specialize in working with performers. So they know all the things that we can claim back and it's so simple. You upload your invoices and bank statements to their website and they do all the work for you. It's cheap, it's easy and once you try it, I guarantee you will not regret it. It has changed my tax life. Just email info at theataccounts.co.uk. That's theat, T-H-E-A-T, accounts. So again, that's info at theataccounts.co.uk. Make sure you tell them you're from the Ins and Outs podcast and you'll get some five-star VIP treatment. You will get treated like a king. Honestly, they've changed my life. They've made it so much easier. They've removed the stress from tax and they can do the same for you. Boom. The Ins and Outs Podcast with your host, Kane Silver. In this episode of the Ins and Outs Podcast, I speak to the incredible Lucas McFarlane. Lucas is a professional dancer and now choreographer from Canada. He tells us about his journey moving from Canada to London and how his goal was to become a commercial dancer and how he ended up winning Got to Dance on the way. He also tells us about his experience on the show and what effects the show had on him, had on him after the show. We also talk about how he became a assistant choreographer for Brian Freeman and then he gives us an insight into the world of dance which is a tv show if you haven't seen it in America Lucas was on that with his uh sidekick Julia Spisa and they give us a bit of an insight into that I had such a great time chatting to Lucas I hope you all enjoy please leave us a five-star rating and review on iTunes that helps me so much I don't know how but it does um here is the incredible Lucas McFarlane Hello, stranger. Hi, Fred. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. How are you? Good. Long time. I know. It's been forever. I was trying to think earlier when the last time I saw you was, and I actually think it was in uh, Penzance, like three years, years ago. ago. Three years ago years for ago. Shine or something. Is that the last time? Yeah. Holy crap. That's wild. I know. Yeah, but I feel like it wasn't that long ago. I know, the way time works, right? Even yeah. all this quarantine stuff, I've been like, oh my god, three months, four months has passed already, right? Yeah, well, everyone's like, uh, like obviously, lots of people are hating it for many reasons, like yeah. the tra- tragedy side of it. But I don't think it's been that, I feel like it's gone quick. Yeah, I mean, at the time, I was like, panic when it all started, right? Yeah. <laughs> but then you sit in it, and then one month passes, two months passes, three months, and you're like, okay, wow, it's already July. We're in the middle of July. <laughs> yeah. Like, the year's halfway. Mm-hmm. gone gone halfway it's crazy like it's just it's been such a weird thing like we were just about to go and we were going into our final week of rehearsals to go on tour for dream boys and it was like nothing and then it's like oh, i don't know i'm even gonna get a tour this year like what's going on mate there's like all the live shows are up like we i was in west end as well at the time yeah and i was like in my last week of shows as well and then just in one night it was like yep everything is canceled this is done you know and the whole tour after it was like cool well yeah I have nothing for the first time in i think eight years the whole year left i was like this it's is crazy it's the least i've traveled in since i was 16 mate ever like i i don't know if i've had this amount of time to breathe but in that way like like you said earlier like for me this has been such a gift in so many ways like dude it's been epic and here you go so 
do you remember when we we did encore together and there was a tap workshop and you were like i tap dance and i was like shut up and you started tap dancing and i was like yo you can do everything i hate you like so i've i've learned to tap dance in this time yes Kay, like, that's i was i was like i'm gonna utilize this time to do something that i i've always wanted to do but i've always had a reason not to you know yeah, that's so, so i mean cool. i'm still not good <laughs> but, <laughs> but your basics at least yeah that's basics amazing. are down like i'm meeting up with a, a kai scanlon tomorrow who's like the dopest I love kai. Yeah. so i'm gonna meet up with him tomorrow have a little lesson like i'm like all right dope so okay, I, I that is amazing good for yo, you it's about utilizing this right yeah totally and um, you went back home i did i was home for three months in how was that it was good. In the beginning, it was like, no, my life is ending. And then it was the most like positive thing. I mean, I haven't been home longer than two weeks for eight years. Well, I was thinking that actually, because I was like, like, since you came here, I feel like you never really went back. No, and little bits here and there for events or like Christmas or things like that. But to spend three months with my family was like, it was so good. Like I talked about a gift. It was such a gift. And just realizing I probably won't get that amount of time with them ever again. You know, like it was, it was really beautiful. And all of us not working, all of us not doing anything. It was like, well, we get to spend time with each other for real, right? There's yeah. In the way of that. So that was really nice. I really enjoyed it. I feel like it's really made me feel a bit like a kid again. Yeah. Like, totally. like I've just been at home and it's like, wake up and it's like, well, what should I do today? I'm going to color. <laughs> like I've been coloring. Color. I've been coloring. Like it's been dope. <laughs> and I've actually great. trained like as dance training more than I've probably done six, seven years. Like since living in LA, easy, you know, yeah, like since I come working. back. Yeah. And right. it's actually been like dope. Like I've been taking classes online. Like yeah, it's been so fresh, man. Good. I'm sorry. What, what have you been up to? Besides, obviously, family time. Have you still been Lucas the dancer, or have you been trying to be Lucas the human a bit? That one, the second one, because I think for the first time in my life, I didn't have my career, right? And also, my career brings me so much uh, happiness and, like, mm. uh, purpose in my life. And um, this situation forced me to find other things that make me happy and other things that give me purpose and make me want to wake up in the morning. And that was such a good lesson for Lucas the human because mm. I, haven't, I don't give a lot of time to Lucas the human because you know, in this industry, it is like, what is next? What are we doing next? You know, mm. it's like, you're always three steps ahead because you have to be. Um, so to have that amount of time to like really sit with me was first of all, terrifying. And then <laughs> this like beautiful thing that I, I have this different understanding of self. Like I took this online course through Yale about the science of well-being and like oh, about happiness from a science aspect. And like, yeah, I did cool things like to make me feel like more of a complete human without my career. Um, mm. Stepping back into it now and starting to work again, I feel more ready and like also ready to give myself time in a way that I now want to, right? With like yeah. not being so afraid not to work because we were all forced not to work, right? Well, that's the thing. Like everyone, obviously we've been terrified, right? Like everyone's mm -hmm. going, how do I pay bills? How do I do this? But let's move that aside. Right. Move like financial aspects aside. It's the first time we've all ever been equal. Totally. It's, the first, time we, it's the first time we've all ever had the same playing field. Yeah. You know, like, and I, I say it to quite a few of the graduates I was teaching at Wilkes and stuff. I was saying to them, I was like, don't look at this as a negative. Don't look mm -hmm. at this as you're not getting your ending as a bad thing. Like, you're not missing out on anything. No. No one's doing the job that you want to do. 
No right. one's getting to the audition you want to go to. Right. No one's getting that extra class that you wish you got. Everyone is the same. Yeah. And we never have that. No, that was like the best part of it was, I think it allowed me to sit in the nothing better because I thought nobody's doing anything. It's not like I'm sitting at home and everyone's working and like thriving. It was like, in our industry anyways, it was like shop, right? Yeah. You're not looking at anyone else doing a tour thinking, oh, oh or like right? anyone exactly. else teaching what you want to teach. Like, no, mate, that was ended for everybody. So it was everyone's, so everyone's run out of throwback videos to post. Like, <laughs> everyone's run out of archive footage like <laughs> i will never run out of throwback footage ever i have so much throwback footage uh, i've seen i've you. seen less i've seen less no like uh proactive pictures on instagram because everyone's getting chubby like <laughs> true ain't nobody looking good hey, no, it's hey. like a different world it is. You just see how long my hair is. That's why I'm wearing this. I haven't got a it, cut in like four months. Mine was mine was to here, and then I went home to see my little brother, and he's he was a barber. So I was like, okay. save, save me, like, please help, save me, please save help. me, because oh. George and my fiance had been cutting the sides, and she was doing a good job. Do you know what I mean? Like in, in my eyes, I was like, this is cool. Like I'm down. I'm not paying for it. My brother was like. What has she done to your hair? Like, I will save it. I was like, thank you very much. Thank you. Also, you weren't seeing anyone, so you were like, yep, great. Yeah, and I, I wear a hat every day anyway. <laughs> yeah, So for me, it's chill. <laughs> Dude, Um. yeah, what's it like being back in London now? Is it different to Canada? Yes, it like is. Like the, the levels of yeah, protection? Yeah, we're, we're a lot more. Like, I was in the studio. I came back middle of June, and I had been teaching in a studio for like three or four weeks at that point, like kids and like, it was totally fine. And we were a lot more ahead. So coming back here a bit at first, I was like, oh, I'm expecting it to be quite closed. But then in London, I don't know if you've been in London. But no, I haven't. People, people aren't really in quarantine no. life right now. Uh, they're not really obeying laws or anything. So uh, it doesn't feel as close as I thought it was going to be. But I do uh. miss being back in the studio after all that time was really nice. There's like something about being in that space, you know. And also, mm. I love teaching, but not online, Kane. I freaking hate <laughs> well, well this is something I, I wanted to ask you this because i've actually began to really enjoy it right oh amazing I, Good. even though even with the delay in music i i can watch you, people you never see I, anyone do it with music. i never right? see anyone in time but Ever. i've just learned to like count it like yeah. you know what i mean like i just yeah. watch them and count i can figure it out i've began to really embrace it but for me i think where i'm not teaching like such technical stuff it's more like are you in time with the music uh, what's the quality of your movement like i'm not looking for like such specific details like are you sickling is are you on a straight leg what like there's so much for, for you to like really focus on so i bet for you it's hell you've experienced retire sunday at encore right yeah like, yeah morning. yeah oh well well you you when you see people doing fuetes when they can't do a pirouette like you know well, i can't imagine what lucas. never judge with lucas right no it's a. Uh... I don't know. For me, what I miss, like, I'm getting used to it. And the Zoom is a lot better than the Instagram Live because at least I mm. can see people. Um, <laughs> is, is that better? Mate, it is. It is <laughs> yeah. for me because then I feel like I'm actually doing my job, you know? Yeah. When you teach an Instagram Live, it's like, okay, going on. Speaking right. to yourself. <laughs> yeah. Whereas the Zoom, at least I'm getting some feedback. Um, what I miss is that, like, palpable energy in a room, you know? And it, mm. it's such an exchange. And you know this, like, there it's really like when i come out of a class like high because the the energy that you get from students is so 50 50 right and, mm -hmm. and when you're teaching online it doesn't get 
the same. Like it is better when you see them, but I miss, I'm excited to be with bodies and like mm. in the same space, you know, and, and feeling yeah. that energy exchange. That That is the part that I love about teaching. So I'm looking forward to that for sure. Yeah, I bet. I bet. And uh, that's a big part of, I guess, of like our job as well, because you're kind of like me as in we don't just perform, we teach a lot. Exactly. So go into doing teaching not in a great environment is actually quite difficult yeah and i love it i love teaching it's like i've done it since i was 16 like it's it's not only a job for me but it's something that i so enjoy like passing on knowledge and stuff like that and i also want to give the best feedback and stuff like that and like it, it's it's hard through a screen like i'm learning like you said it's like it's a new normal so we're getting used to it but i miss like being able to poke a quadricep and tell it to engage <laughs> and yeah. slap an arm and say straight neck <laughs> <laughs> I missed that part. <laughs> yeah, I bet. I bet. But I think this might stick, you know. I think these online classes, I think, and especially because so many studios and apps yeah. now have invested in it yeah, over this totally. time, they're not going to just go, we're not doing it now. I think no. it could stick because actually it's like the gateway. I know you don't get the full experience, but if you think right. of how much money we spend on training to go to LA and stuff like that, yeah, you've, just, you've just cut all those costs to learn the cool combo that you want to learn. Because for most people, like, they don't maybe until they're like a really advanced level they're not really understanding the the skill set that they're learning in the exactly. class they're just learning a combo and leaving exactly so i feel like through this experience the virtual classes you can still get that element of the class i think you lose the skill and the uh, environment of the room but i feel like you still get like a combo out of it which is what most people go for now yeah, I totally agree with you. I think this will save and also expose a lot of people to like getting to take people's classes. They never would. Like that was my favorite part of <clears throat> when I started doing those Instagram lives. And that mm. was the hard part to stop them, but I needed to because I was like dying my mental health. <laughs> but was like all these people in like the Philippines, Argentina, like just random places that Japan, like I've met this girl named Momo in Japan. She's been taking my classes and I'm just I've seen you share videos oh. of her. And I would never have met her throughout this. Like, you yeah. know, so that part is really cool. Um, I think the thing that you won't get from online is those like intensive training sessions, you know, and like details. The week, yeah. The week long intensive, the like one-on-one -on -one situation with a teacher, you know, who's working mm. with you 10 hours a day, but you're right. That combo learning that thing from that choreographer in LA that you want to be a part of, it mm. saves you from flying there now, you know, using yeah. all this kind of technology. So can you imagine doing this like when we were young like no go go back to like even like 2000 like do you know what yeah. I mean like I mean you were a baby then I was 10 but like <laughs> I was you know seven. what I mean like, I'm not that you're seven you're you. seven but like can you imagine like I'd literally be like what do I do I mean I would have I had know. fun but if you could put like from our generation back in time to do it it'd be madness you know, we were trained very differently. Like very even, differently. Even me, like I had so many trips to the States because this whole thing didn't exist. And mm. and that's where like this is a beautiful thing because it is connecting a bunch of people and people are getting to experience things that they wouldn't maybe get to financially, especially, you know, and we're all not super well off. So that's amazing that these opportunities are open now to a bunch of kids who might not get to experience the, this kind of level of teaching or these kind of level of choreographers. Yeah. Um, I just hope people will still invest in, in actual classes when they, when they want it, you know, there, there totally can be a balance. I think you're right. It shouldn't disappear. 
this is a really beautiful thing that's been created, but it's about knowing what you get from both situations. Right? Mm. I don't think it'll ever replace the, in the real life experience, but I, I definitely think it's, it's a halfway step, you know? Mm. <laughs> um, what, I want to know about um, your journey into from baby Lucas to where you are now. Because um, oh, I feel like we I always look at... Uh, <laughs> we've got time, as much <laughs> as you have. We've always, we always look at like the finished product, right? Yeah. And we go, I want to be that. I want to be the finished product. Totally. But we never really look at the journey to the finished product and see the struggles and understand the steps that it took to get to the finished product. We just want that fast track. So I always find it really interesting hearing people's journeys because I feel like it kind of puts all the dots together and you go, I get it now. That yeah, makes sense. Totally. So I want to know about your beginnings. Like what made you start dancing? How old were you? Like what was your first introduction to a paddle um, a pot of a ring. <laughs> well, mine started with a shuffle ball change. I was a tap. Yeah. Um, I, this is so funny, but I went uh, to a Shania Twain concert when I was very young. And she used to have tap dancers in the water for one of her videos. Um, and my mom said I always danced, but it was that concert that like I turned to her and was like, I want tap shoes, put me in tap. And I was six years old. Because I come from a very country city, like we're like backwoods. Um, so country <laughs> music was our like jam, line dancing and all that. Um, and so, yeah, she put me in tap and then I fell in love with it. I fell in love with a bunch of other styles. Um, and then from six till 18, I trained at a local studio in my city of Calgary um, and I competed. I trained in like uh, very studio styles. So tap jazz, ballet, I did musical mm -hmm. theater. I started doing contemporary when I was about 13 or 14. Um, it was called lyrical then. Lyrical. Contemporary yet. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, and then I traveled a bit to the States growing up for like different competitions and different national competitions, stuff like that. Um, so I always say like my upbringing was very like dance momsy, like if yeah. people love that show, because that's kind of the world I grew up in. It was like competing <laughs> every weekend, conventions every weekend. Especially um, if you're British, we've never experienced conventions until like now. Yeah, it's a very new thing here, right? Mm. It's a very new uh, thing. And it's not even quite at what it is there. Like if you've been yeah. to a convention in the States, it's crazy. Uh, yeah, it's insane. <laughs> it's a whole other world, right? <laughs> um, so yeah, and then when I was 18, I moved here. And I moved here because a choreographer, I grew up uh, about 16, 17, 18, I started assisting on So You Think You Can Dance in Canada and the US. Mm -hmm. And uh, I worked for a choreographer named Sean Cheeseman, who's done a bit of yeah, work here. I yeah. 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 And uh, he was kind of a mentor to me. And uh, I had applied for all these schools to go to, and I got in actually to Alvin Ailey and to NYU. Um, oh, sick. And then I kind of like had this freak out and I was like, I don't want to be a ballet modern dancer. I want to be a commercial dancer. So why am I going to this school? But I think we all, especially in like, our parental figures is like the next thing after school is like college or university or like, you know, and that's mm -hmm. just what you do to feel safe. And like, you have a plan. The formal step. Exactly. And that's why a lot of parents hate me when I tell them <laughs> <laughs> that that's not necessarily the step for everyone. And yeah. I really believe in that. I agree. You, yeah. You have to know what you're getting from that post-secondary education. Is it the training? Is it who you want to meet there? Is it the choreographers that work with the school? Like, you can have your reasons for going, but it's not always right to go. And uh, my, uh, so I, I told Sean, I was like freaking out and, and him and another mentor, Sarah Dolan, and they were like, you should go to London. There's an amazing uh, 
industry there and nobody goes there like at that point nobody was going there everyone went to no everyone was leaving here yeah exactly <laughs> exactly we had year, people from europe coming here and everyone yeah. from here leaving here peace thing right yeah and they said there's an amazing industry there go build up a resume and then move to la if you want to right because we're commonwealth so the first visa is very easy mm-hmm. just the first one the yeah. rest have been a nightmare anyways so <laughs> we uh so i i picked up my bags this is crazy because I could never do this now, but 18 year old me had no fear. Um, and I picked up my bags and I moved here, Kane, and I had never been here. I didn't know anyone. I moved to a country across the world. I had the never furthest, even visited. The furthest country. <laughs> like I had never visited. Like I think about that now and I think you crazy son of a bitch. Like how, anyways, I did it. I lived with like a family that took me in for a month and then I found my own place and I started going to pineapple because that was the famous place to go, right? Where, it's where everyone was. Yeah, I started taking classes. I took some horrible classes and I questioned why I moved. And then um, I <laughs> kind of fell into, <laughs> that's my, uh, yeah. my inside voice. Yes, and... polite. <laughs> it's polite. Oh Lord. And then um, I I threw a mutual friend uh, named Teddy Florence. I got mm-hmm. introduced to Aaron Sillis. And um, Aaron kind of very early on, like first month or two when I moved here, took me under his wing. Um, I kind of got introduced to a few people through him, which was really great of him. Mm-hmm. Um, started taking like Cisco and Kim's classes, the 2XS classes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, just started like crashing auditions. As as you do, (laughs) mate. Because no one would sign me because I was a nobody from Canada with nothing on my CV, right? Mm. And I made like a reel of like class videos and concept videos, which is nuts. Because you've already assisted on "So You Think You Can Dance," yet still no one will sign you. I know, but I was so young. I think as well, and and you know this industry. Like I think it's half who you know as well. A Uh, lot of oh, it's probably way more than half. Eighty percent. Let's go. If it wasn't for who I know, I may never have made it. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is freaking true, which is frustrating, but the truth. Yeah. Uh, so why say it's not, right? No, it's 100% facts. <laughs> yeah. So I was, like, starting to hang out. Like, I met Stephen Aspinall. Uh, Aaron was like, go to Stephen's class. You're going to love him. I found, like, my soulmate in dance. I was like, cool. So through him and other people, I started being, like, Tally, Jack. McKenzie. People that like dancing in socks. Yes. Yeah. At the beginning, when yeah. nobody liked to dance in socks. When no one likes to dance in socks. <laughs> no one did. We had like four people in our classes, but that's fine. Um, and then, yeah, like I said, crashed auditions, mate. So mm. many that I was not invited to, like two or three a week, and never got booked on anything. But kept crashing auditions uh, for like eight, nine, ten months, like a long time and i would cover steven's class here there tallies and make 10 15 quid you know be enough for a couple meals like you know i i really struggled like i remember being with i was with maddie waters at the time we'd be like so like do we travel and go to class or do we buy more food but we could probably just survive on the beans and toast for the week you know like Mm -hmm. those were the real conversations yeah that that is genuinely the beginning of my london life as well exactly the same yeah, it's hard. And I always mm-hmm. say that to the kids, like, if you ever think you're just going to show up and work, like, I've watched two people do it in my whole life. Two. Yeah. You know, I've watched Nick Gertz come from Australia and kill for two years and leave. And then go to LA and kill. Yeah. And it, it's like, 
one person and then I watched <laughs> Lauren Seymour do the same thing from Australia. Mm -hmm. Like two people have like really done that, you know? I think everyone else, it really is in the game to not, to struggle. Mm -hmm. It happens. And so, and I think a part of me, ATL me like loved the like dancer struggle life, you know? And I was like, yes, I'm a dancer. Um, I was like, <laughs> I, I was going to auditions for Rihanna and like real artists. Was I booking? No, but no. I was at the audition. You know? it, was the, it was the part of the dream that we were sold, right? Yeah. Totally. And I don't know about you, but did you ever watch Dance Life? Yes, like, like the Blake McGrath show. Well, yeah, yeah, well, to me, I was living that life. Exactly. Right? exactly. That's the life we were living. I was going yeah. to auditions with hundreds of people, getting yeah. cut, being, yeah. being annoyed. Well, that's what I've just been sold. That's, that's dance life. That's the life. That's the dancer life, right? And I was into it. I yeah. was still meeting cool people i was free like you know and and i was in a in a city that it was happening you know i mm. grew up in a city that it wasn't so it was cool to be surrounded by these opportunities were actually out there even if i wasn't getting them yet you you're know? closer <laughs> yeah and so i did that for a long time i struggled for a long time and nobody would give me a go like um i did one a couple jobs is like a Beth Ditto video. I did like uh, this like collaboration thing that Aaron put on for Mass Movement. Mm -hmm. um, besides that, I taught at like random schools and like things like that to get by. The hustle, and then yeah, the hustle, and it was real. But then in the summer, I remember uh, I was in a class. I think I was in Albert Sala's class. That's time. when Albert was here. Wow, it was forever yeah. ago. Yeah, that was my At first. Studio 68. Yeah, that was my first boyfriend as well. We were dating. Yeah. Crazy. <laughs> um, and we, uh, I got approached by the Goss Dance producers, and they were like, yo, you're amazing. Do you want to audition for the show? And I had grown up on So You Think, so I said no initially because I know what goes on on that yeah. show. You've seen you've seen TV show, <laughs> that show especially. Yeah. Um, and then they approached me a second time, and I kind of was like, "Look, Luke, you have no money. You're not doing anything. Even if your audition gets aired, you'll have real footage. You know why not? Are you in a place to say no to anything? No, right? Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, and I went and I auditioned. Um, and the producer audition, then I did the dome audition and I had great reviews and three gold stars and blah, blah, blah. And then they said, well, we'll let you know. And that was kind of it. And mm. then two weeks later, I booked my very first job, which was for Taylor Swift. Um, Casual. Yeah. Which was huge. <laughs> like and mm. I went to the audition and finally my technical fucking background paid off. Uh, Michael Rooney? Yes, Michael Rooney. And he was like, Chasse Coupe, ball change, triple pirouette, front handspring. And did he make, I think I was at this audition. Did, I'm was, sure you were. Wasn't Jerry the agent Jerry, on it? Jerry, yep. And he made us all stand there and do backflips and stuff. Yep. Uh, Standing so, back handspring, yeah. handspring, yeah. That audition was intense. Mate, it was so hard. And he didn't was, smile once the whole day. I was so intimidated <laughs> by this dude. It was so hard. And I was like, yes, background, finally. So, yeah, anyways, Michael Rooney really wanted me, which was great. And I booked that. Um, and then that was the first time Jerry and I kind of met was through that. And he was like, cool. And then uh, a week later, Brian had his giant X Factor audition that he always had. Win. And, more, yeah. more technique. The yeah. only technique ever to have come to London. Like... <laughs> 
true. It and I true. was like, I had been leading up to that audition for like months. I was like, I'm gonna book this because I had done the Britain's Got Talent audition in March, mm-hmm. and uh, it was Jason Baytel who was doing it then mm-hmm. with like Claire. Claire. And um, they had the dance I did. Audition. I did that audition too. Okay, look at mm-hmm. this. 2012. This is, yeah, this is the same time, but I don't actually think I knew you. No, I don't think we probably did. No, different circles at that time for mm-hmm. sure. The sock dancers. Yeah, <laughs> you, were, you weren't cool to me. <laughs> I was not cool no. to anyone, mate, at I was, all. I was I like, why doesn't he want to wear shoes, bro? <laughs> or just like, go barefoot. Why did he keep <laughs> taking off his shoes? Why is he wearing one sock? <laughs> <laughs> Put that shit away. <laughs> um, but that audition, like, I thought I did really well, and... Um, I mean, there's the whole side. Well, basically what happened is I got cut and then Jason, who ended up being kind of a mentor to me as well, phoned me and was like, I want you to know like, that you were great. And on all the, uh, the feedback from it and people like the producer looking at the dancers and Simon Cowell looking at the dancers, they said, you were the best dancer in there is a, a shame you're too fat. And I was just about to say that whole thing, we were all booked because we could look good shirtless. Yeah. The whole cast, it was all about every number. I think we were topless. Yeah. And, and that was the reality of it. And that was like a huge smack in my face as well, because I was like, okay, if I want to work, I'm going to have to play this game mm-hmm. and I'm going to have to go to the gym and I'm going to have to eat right. Like, and I wasn't fat. I just wasn't. You, you were Yeah. Okay. And silver, you beautiful <laughs> man. That is like not something that's ever been me, you know? So I was like, cool, I'm going to play the game then. And I'm going to book X Factor. And that Mm -hmm. was like March. And I was like, that's coming in October. I'm going to get this. So I did. I went to the gym. I looked fucking great by that um, audition. That whole, you know, Brian's crazy day of like, I mean, and we don't even have it as bad as the world. And they're huge for my name, right? Yeah. And we get a late call. (laughs) Right? A late call like noon and then we're there yeah. till fucking 10 but they're there so early anyways got through that whole day and that was like my first big like win and i was like yes i freaking booked mm-hmm. something you know and i remember crying like when he was like hey we're gonna put you on camera you guys have booked i was like bah, 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 bah. <laughs> i was like i made it finally yeah i did I, I did one week with him and that was it then he left because that was the year he only did three weeks right yeah I, and i think that one he gave me my visa on that X Factor edition. Amazing. He gave Amazing. me my visa from that one, but I never got the job. I never did a show. <laughs> but so I got like, a visa. Sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's funny. So you reminded me. I forgot about the Michael Rooney audition for Taylor Swift. I yeah. remember doing that one, and we'd all learned the combo. And I think it was me and Chris Arias and someone else doing it. Yes. And we were like, but like I, 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 I say like I'm trained, but if there's an expiry date, it's definitely out of date. You know, like it went out of date in like 2009 when I left college and this is what, 2012. And I remember doing all the combo and I was like, I'm actually all right at this. Like it's all kind of coming back. Like I'm blagging it enough. There's nothing, I haven't got anything tight on. So nothing's exposed. You know what I mean? Like I was blagging it. And I remember Michael Rooney looking at me going, and he wasn't smiling, but he's nodding his head. And then I got one step wrong. Right. And I looked and he went, and turned my headshot over and slammed it on the table. And I was like, <laughs> wrong. He's like, thank you, Kane. Yes, That's thank the you. End That's you. the end of you. Literally. Oh, bro. That was He's so Sorry. intense. He was so intense. I and you know what? About that. Aaron, Aaron Sillis was still dancing then because he danced on the job with me, I remember. That's Which crazy. Was crazy. And that was maybe one of his last jobs. Like, um, Although we did a, a war show in France that year too, after that. But 
yeah, so I booked X. That was great. I did one week with Brian. And then things snowballed from there. Like, it, it was mm. kind of like Brian, like, said I was good enough. Jerry said I was good enough. And so I started being good enough for everyone else. You know, it's like, it's, it's all who you know, like we just said. So 100%. I, I had that job under my belt and these approvals and I started working and I did like, I did Celine Dion in Paris um, with Hakeem and Julia. I did like this Adidas commercial. Mm-hmm. We did this um, NRJ award show. Like I did all this stuff in that three months and I went home for Christmas and I was like, I'm a working dancer. Right. <laughs> and, and that was my goal. Like I was like, cool, I can do this for a while. And then I got a call that I had totally forgotten about. That was like, Hey, this has got to dance. You've uh, you've made the show, and your live show is in February, February tenth. And I was like, okay, I, I don't need it now. <laughs> I was like, great. What is this show? Right? I'd never seen it. It's not syndicated anywhere. So I was like, I don't know what this is. Mm. So I like quickly YouTubed a bunch. And also, I auditioned as a contemporary dancer, and I hadn't done contemporary like really the kind that I did on the show. Yeah. in forever because i was working as a commercial dancer mm-hmm. so i was like fuck i have to train again like i was doing that i took ballet when i was home with my old ballet teacher like i got ready for that i did like a bit of teaching and then i remember i was in russia which is my first international teaching job and the audition aired when i was there and i woke up and my phone was like fucking crazy and my friend texted me and was like dude hashtag one sock is trending on twitter and i was like what is going on like and even then i was kind of like okay it's a fad it'll pass blah blah blah. and it wasn't until i did that semi-final that i was like oh my god what am i on like what is this thing i didn't realize how big it was i didn't realize how crazy it was mate it was it was insane and then i kind of no go on did you enjoy the experience of like doing the, a TV show after having seen the background of what TV is actually like, and then achieving the goal of working, being the commercial dancer, like that's what you came here for. So I guess essentially you went to do your backup plan, even though you'd already achieved your, your A plan. Yeah, it was, it was, and I was young, I was 19. Like yeah. the whole experience was, um, your first question, did I enjoy it? I enjoyed parts of it, but because I think I had the background of working in TV, so I demanded respect in that way. And I demanded... I bet you did. Yeah, I did. I I can imagine. If I'm going to do this, y'all ain't going to represent me in some way that I don't want to be represented, right? Mm. Even to... I don't know how many people know this, actually. I've said it on like a few podcasts um, lately, but... Um, and this will probably get me in trouble one day for telling this story. But they, um, I, I pitched Impossible as a song, mm-hmm. and they said no. Like the producers, were like no, James just won X Factor. That's why I want to do it because it's a big song, so it took their like top forty. Yeah, songs. of course. And I loved it, and I just danced for James, and I was like, I love this man. I was like, yes. And they were like, no, you can't do it. We don't want to related to X. I was like, argued a bit. Nope, that's fine. Pick something else. So I went in the studio, I created a solo to it, and I sent it to them. And then Nick Steinberg, the producer, phoned me personally, the executive producer. First time I talked to him and he said, hey, this is Nick. I was like, hi, how you doing? He was like, yep, so I watched your video and uh, we want you to do Impossible. I was like, cool. <laughs> and he was like, uh, but, and at the time it was for the final. And he was like, but we wanted you to do it for the semifinal because we think it's your best chance of getting through. And if you get top three, you get to do it again. Mm-hmm. So I was like, Okay, 
as long as we're on the same team, this is great. I'm in. And from there, yeah. And from there, they kind of treated me differently. And I had a lot more say than I think other acts did, but only because I demanded it. And yeah. I wanted to see playbacks of all my runs and, and the camera angles and the lights and my what I was wearing costume, you know? So all of that really mattered to me. Um, and, and most most dancers, especially contestants on that show, they're not telling them that they want to see playback. They're just going, yeah. Yeah, yeah, because so, you don't know. You, you don't know. know. No, of course. And that's our job. Like I say it quite a lot, but as a dancer, you're a professional guinea pig. Like you're totally. you're you're, you're in a Perfect. you're in like a science lab. Like you're a professional guinea pig. Try this. Perfect. Doesn't work. Try this. Doesn't work. Try this. Yeah. Do it I again. I had this conversation with someone the other day about and, like and, no. And that's what and that's what we're great at. So for you to come in and go, no, no, no. I am not the guinea pig. I am the I am I am Dexter's laboratory. I am Dexter. I'm telling you how Dexter's we're doing this. Laboratory. You know, you're I'm like I, I am doing this. Like this isn't how it's going. And I guess because you went against the grain, and it was really if it was crap, I'm sure they would have told you to do one. But because it was at such a high standard, I bet they were like, oh, actually, let's get him on our team. He's an asset. You know? Yeah. Because you know better than they do. Yeah. And that was the thing I think they realized that I had some background in this. I knew what I was talking about. I wasn't talking shit. Um, I had to talk with someone the other day, like about she said, like she was grew up watching the girls and X, and she thought, like, oh, I never, I don't really want to do that. Like that's not the kind of dancer I am. But then yet she'd go to the auditions, and it's like because we're as dancers, we're just supposed to be molded on no matter what. That's our job is to be good at anything and just be able to do it. And it's like we don't really get an opinion. It's just kind of like you get have to do what we ask you to do, please, right? Which is an interesting thing and not really right in any other profession, but in ours it is, right? Mm-hmm. So it, it's interesting that way. But yeah, so I, I did Impossible for the Thing. That was crazy. It like blew up. I was like, paparazzi started happening. I was like, um, in the bookies, people were fucking betting on me. Like, it was just <laughs> like, and I was the first semi, and then there was six weeks into the final. So I had like six weeks of watching it after two and then comparing everyone to me every week. And it was just like, my poor 19 year old brain was just like, oh my God, anxiety through the roof. Destroyed. Like, I didn't do anything else. Okay? I didn't do any jobs. I was like, I get to work between the show. It's only three gigs. Mate, that show was like everything for me because if you ever do a reality show, anybody like you understand what a bubble they put you in like and even though you don't think you're like oh i'm, I'm different I'll, no in a show you get put in this crazy reality show bubble that is like nothing else you'll ever experience like i tried to tell julia when we went and did world of dance and like mm-hmm. she was like ah, blah, blah, and she's like hippie she's like great blah, blah, blah. and she's done so much tv work as a choreographer so much so but it's much. still not the same no because you're no longer in control yeah, and we had, like, a full-on breakdown. We never fight. We had, like, a breakdown fight, like, in the second round because she was, like, wouldn't admit that she, like, wanted it. And it changes your 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 outlook on it because they create an atmosphere in which it becomes something that is, like, attainable, super competitive, you know, and also it's going to change your life, right? And it, yeah. it, it's this crazy world that you get put in. So um it was a lot six weeks and i created like eight freaking final pieces that no one saw because they were never good enough and i kept changing them and changing the song and um even up until the last minute and i hated hated my final piece until maybe the day of um yeah and it was just it was a crazy process and i don't even remember the final day from a first person point of view because i was so in it um i have like a whole blackout scene there but i won 
Mm. And my whole plan of what I wanted to do changed. Yeah. <laughs> no longer just a commercial dancer. <laughs> the backup no. plan succeeded. <laughs> it was uh it was crazy. No one wins a reality show. It was crazy. And no. um it uh it changed my life. Uh and then what people don't know is the repercussions of that, you know, and, and as a nineteen year old kid, like I talk about this bubble, you're made to believe that you're famous then and you're not. Mm. But you, I performed on stage as myself in front of 6,000 people chanting my name. I couldn't hear the judges speak. Like, I wasn't allowed to go to the bathroom without 10 freaking bodyguards. Like, it was crazy in the moment. Did you feel like Justin Bieber? Nay, I was like, I'm famous. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I'm a famous person. I'm going to be on Rolling Stones. Yeah, right? I was like, when's my celebrity juice? Like, am I going on this morning? Like, what's happening? And, um, (laughs) And then it's over and it's over yeah and they're prepping for the next show and your five seconds is done and it's that it's that using that five seconds and i was not in a place to use that five seconds of fame because i didn't think i would win i didn't think there was a hope in hell of winning for me at all um and i didn't have any structure in place to support that platform you know mm. like i won on the sunday night i taught my class at 68 on the tuesday <laughs> You know, like that's where my head was. Yeah. I was not there. And so, yeah, it, it screwed me for a long time in regards to like the fact that I chased um, fame instead of dance for probably a year and a half after, maybe even two years. And I was extremely unhappy, like mm. suffered severely with depression. I mean, four months later, I had my third knee surgery. I've now had four knee surgeries as a dancer, yeah. which is crazy. Um, so that put me in a huge spiral as well, like, um, mentally, mostly. Yeah. And I guess if you're trying to chase that, uh, the fame, you're not even focusing on your dance career anymore. Like what kind of stuff did you want to achieve? Like you say you're focused on fame. Like what was the goal? To be on a stage dancing in front of 6,000 people again as myself, you know, to have Mm. people know my name when I walk down the street. Like I, for a hot second, like me and Kimberly Wyatt were dating for a while in like freaking tabloids. Like I was, I was somewhere else during that show and then it ended. And that down after a high is like so heavy because we all experience highs and lows in our life and we all know what that's like, but you cannot know the high of a reality show, especially mm. dating one at 19 years old, you know? And I think your age probably worked against you in the sense, cause I guess if you were like 25, 26, they'd go, Maybe he could judge a TV show, exactly. you know, because then as a, an adult, like if you look at Ashley Banjo, he, yeah. he looked like a man. Do you know what I mean? Like he was yeah. a, a full grown man he, when they won. So people take him seriously and what he says, they'll take it. But I guess as a 19 year old kid, you can't then or you can, but maybe they're not willing to put you in a position of you're going to be the judge of the next show. And but Kate, people even take you seriously. Were, I wasn't even having those meetings because I I'm telling you, I had no, nothing in place. Mm. management understanding of this world like i was there to be a commercial dancer then i won a tv show like i missed the boat of where that could have taken me so far and that used to be a huge regret of mine but i think everything happens for a reason and i'm for like, sure I'm, i know my path is meant to be what it is so i wasn't supposed to do whatever i was supposed to do after that i was supposed to be where i am now and i'm grateful for it because it's opened a lot of opportunity for me um, but the mental struggle after it was crazy because I, I forgot why I love dance. 
for a very long time. Yeah, I bet it puts into perspective for you, like things like Love Island and the the effect that these things have. Because you like, if you think of the platform that you had, well, imagine Love Island's platform. Like, no, I can't. Do you know what I mean? Like, you understand, I guess, why some people leave there and struggle. Yeah, and then think about like all the suicides after and stuff like that. Like, it's crazy, and and it's the same thing. Like, everyone cares everything about them for two weeks after. And then you can't name half of them anymore. Like, and that's the the reality of that situation, you know? And mm. I mean, Ma- it's I mass production. The- yeah, mass production. Exactly. And I went on the next season after with my company because I was like clinging to it so much. I had no company in place to put on that show. Like I, Steven and I's relationship was like trying to figure that out. And there are just so many things that. I was just can look back now and see where where grasps at trying to re- retain this like you know the only thing I'm proud of is going back and doing that solo I did when I came back because mm. I came off a of surgery and I was dancing on that stage again and I also never thought that would happen so that was cool but yeah it was a lot and it made me and especially my surgery and then dropping down and then I took this month and we talk about having this like time to be humans I mm-hmm. took this month and went to Australia and I backpacked and I didn't dance. Mm-hmm. And it changed my life because I found other things besides dance, you know, and I found life outside of dance. And I came back with a whole new outlook on what I wanted out of my career. And that was to create and to choreograph and to make things and not mm-hmm. really perform. And, and kind of since then, I've been climbing this choreographer, creative director. Yeah, because I, 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 was, I was trying to think earlier, like, I was like, I've never even done like, and I feel like this was the time when I was in LA anyway. But even when I was back, I've never like danced with you on a job or been in a rehearsal with you. I've always seen you as a creative figure. You know what I mean? I've always seen you as part of the creative team, never as the dancer team. But I don't know if that's because I missed that part of your journey as the dancer. But I don't know. My dancer team was fucking three months <laughs> and then I won a TV show. Yeah. <laughs> like I don't remember you as the dancer, you know? It was, uh, it was not the normal path uh, for sure. Um, but I think because of my third surgery, I knew I wanted to make a creative career earlier than probably most people. Mm-hmm. Um, but what was interesting was that my profile really fought against that because people didn't want to work with a celebrity. To That's what I was just going to say. To work with a celebrity. They can't put and, you behind an artist because you're the artist. So having this platform and then wanting to work creatively was like, it was such a battle for a while and it, it i mean my age didn't help and because i was quite young doing what i wanted to do creatively but it took a long time and and the big the big change for me was when i asked brian in 2017 2017 i asked or 16 i don't know one of the extracts the last one he did mm-hmm. here i said i don't want to dance this year i i really don't want to i want to be a creative director and a choreographer um, can I shadow you this season? You know, can I watch what you do? Like, obviously, you're one of the best in the world at what you do. And he said yes, because he's a Gemini and he loves forward people. We have the same birthday. And same he, on the day before you. Yeah, you are. You're really close. And I think Jay Ravel's the day after yeah. or before. Like, we're all really that close. The whole end of May is like... Yeah, Randall, everyone. Like, yeah. I'm like, what event or holiday was uh, <laughs> eight months before that, right? Nine months yeah. before that. Um, and yeah, and he said, yeah, for sure. He said, but I'm not going to have you shadow. He was like, I'm going to throw you in. You're going to assist. So I did 10 weeks of X Factor that season as, uh, assistant creative director, um, for free, Mm -hmm. not a penny. 
and I got the best education in creative direction I could ever get. I worked with Jerry Reeve and Brian Friedman, like two of the best, and I didn't sleep. I didn't eat, I cried a lot, and I uh, got this beautiful, beautiful education through one of the, also the hardest television shows alive, because mm-hmm. Simon is crazy. That show is, the, that's the most stressful job I've ever done in my life, for Brian. I've never done it since. I'm always like, oh, I'm all right. It's the craziest, <laughs> and at right. that time as well, like, it's changed and morphed since, but it was like, and, um, and people are always like, why did you do it for free and stuff like that? And I was like, because I learned how to do this creative direction from one of the best in the world at what he does. You know? I, I was just about to say that. It's really difficult, isn't it? Because I feel like we're in, a, we're in a place where we, we're really trying to tell everyone, know your worth, right? Yeah. This is our new thing. And this is what Dancers Network are pushing. And I, I, I truly support it. And it's like, uh, we should always get paid and, you know, don't do stuff for the experience. But there are some things that uh, you can't buy. You can't get paid for. Like there's like exactly. you couldn't you couldn't get that experience. Like and I don't want this to work against what everyone's trying to create at the moment. Like you know when they like college students go and do a TV show for free because that's not the same thing. But that's different because that's you've been trained thing. to do that. I've yeah. never been trained to be a creative director. Yeah. And so I would hate to be put in that position and not know what I'm doing anyways. I don't that's... deserve to be paid for that yet essentially you're doing an apprenticeship mm-hmm. you know like you, when you're exactly. a pl- when you want to be a plumber you go and be an apprentice first exactly you know when you're a hairdresser you go and watch someone hairdress you don't just get scissors and start trying like and, and i'm I've, so grateful for that because i have watched so many people fail miserably at doing it because they don't have an understanding of how to do it mm. right and i think for me like the biggest part of that also as well was that both of them like hire me all the time now because they trained me and they know I can do it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the big part as well. And I would have hated to be put in that a role and, and also not been allowed to make mistake. And that was the positive of working for him too. Yes. Also, I could not make a mistake because it's Brian, but the consequences weren't as high. Exactly. I felt okay, more okay with making a mistake because I wasn't paid, right? But he, at the end of the, the t- 10 weeks, like we were try- coming up with labels for things. His husband's really funny as well. And they were kind of making a joke about like that I was like the group bitch and stuff like this. And then Brian turned, away, turned around at the final and he was like, no. And he was so serious. And he was like, you are assistant creative director. And he was like, and you can put that on your CV. And I was like, bah, 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 bah. <laughs> it's like, Sick. <laughs> and I was like, ten weeks of hell for that. Thank after you. after watching him scream at everyone for being on the wrong leg, or and then and he's like, me, mate, yeah, I I Dude. did so many things wrong, and I got yelled at. But he's a genius, you know, and he and is. He's a crazy genius, but he's a genius, and I love him, and he's one of my great friends now, and. But like I said, after that, he hired me because he knew I could do it. I did Eurovision for him after for Star Alto. Like I did multiple other jobs. And also Jerry saw me work on that job under them. And and mm. Jerry, I'm his right hand. I'm his choreographer now. And I yeah. do every job that he does. Voice, you know? everything, and, yeah. Yeah, so I, I don't regret that choice in the slightest. And I think that the way you put it was great. Like it's not about getting ex, um, exposure or experience. Like, but if you're educating yourself and it's an apprenticeship, it's something else, you know, like Mm -hmm. I have 
people assist me on unpaid jobs first because I'm not bringing them on the voice to assist me if I don't know that they can do it, you yeah. know? And, and being a dancer is totally different from being an assistant, you mm. know? Or a choreographer yourself. They're very different roles. And I think you have to... Jenny Griffiths always says that, like, the assistant choreographer role is a role. It's just not a good dancer. It's a totally different role, you know? Mm-hmm. You've got to be able to take charge and take direction. Exactly. You know, you've got to do both things. That, make that happen, you know? And, and that's a skill in itself. Completely a skill in itself. Yeah. What's, what's the goal for you now, then? Like... Is it just I a, so many? I guess to dominate as a choreographer more than just an assistant. Yeah, I mean, I choreograph mostly now. Like that's what I do. I'd love to do more creative direction. Um, I, I'm really inspired by it. I, I need to be given some ins, but uh, I do a lot of assistant creative direction, obviously. But I would love. I have. I constantly writing treatments. Um, that no one sees. Then <laughs> uh, I have on my computer. That's but. amazing. Uh, and if you listen to my podcast with Nick Demora, um, okay. and I love he, he said very similar. Like he's like every day that he's not at work, he's creating shows that don't exist. And yeah. he was like, I'm practicing just like you would, I guess. Dan, you'd practice dance moves. He's practicing that skill, like. Do you know what I mean? Totally. He's doing lighting for shows that don't exist. He's making treatments for shows that don't exist. He's like, I'm just practicing making stuff. Yeah. Because he's like, I how else that. do you get good at it? And it's like, yeah, it's so true. Yeah, I love that. And I, Nick is a great example like of that choreographer moving to creative direction. And I quizzed him a lot when we've been together um, because he's so good at that transition. But I am always, if song inspires me and I see a vision, I write a creative out for it. And sometimes I like send it to management if I have like an in through someone, but lots of times I have like a folder of creatives that no one will probably ever see, but it's so good to work my brain that way constantly so that you are training it, you know, and, mm. and, and working that muscle. So, and not just waiting for the paid gig to do it because also we are such in a beautiful uh, position that our hobby is our work. So yes. I enjoy doing them. I enjoy doing that as well. So why not? do that yeah. for myself so yeah i want to i want to move into creative direction for sure um i'm like experimenting with acting right now i'm doing a lot of acting oh like, get it yeah that's what i did during quarantine was like train myself and that a bit more i did like monologues and like one of my friends is like filming the new avatar films casual Sick. um you'd make a really good alien <laughs> she's like a navi um <laughs> but uh I've been like working with her and getting some advice, stuff like that. So yeah, I, I, that avenue interests me. And actually coming off of performing again, which I never thought I'd do in the West End in this uh, show with Kate Prince, I, my favorite part of it was acting and like carrying this character through the show and mm. not the dancing. And I was like, hmm, this is an avenue I've not really thought about. So I've been playing with that a little bit. Um, and you can I- do that forever. Right, my body your, your can't body dance can. forever, yeah. but I can act. Especially forever. how you dance. <laughs> no way. <laughs> Especially how you dance, yo. There's no way. You're right. I think I could probably go a little longer because I, I, <laughs> I'm just doing a cute two step. But <laughs> oh my god, I can't do half. I watched those got to dance all made, and I'm like, how did your body accomplish that? Like, there's no way I could do that now. There's well, no when way. I, it's when I. Th- all my memories of watching you dance uh, in t- on TV is impressive, but for me, it's not as imp- impressive as it is in person. I feel like watching you dance in person is something where you always go, you can see like 
how high you actually get or how low to the flow you get. And everything is so much more realistic. And I remember us doing an encore and I watched you do a solo and all my brain kept thinking is, he's got socks on, but he's not, <laughs> but he's not slipping. How is he just span, landed in a box split, holding himself three inches off the floor, but not slipping? And that to me was like, what? I slip in trainers. Like, <laughs> do you know what Mate. I mean? Like, dude, your body is like a machine. And it's funny because, you know, earlier you said like, for the Britain's Got Talent thing, like, uh, you didn't have the body. But it, it's a real big, it shows that just because you look the part doesn't mean you're physically able to, not that you don't look the part, you're beautiful, but Thank that you. you don't put like, that your body can do stuff. Because if I think of an athletic dancer, I think of you. Thank you. You know, if you think of a, and all the things that we consider athletic, like running, jumping, agility, being fast, getting down and off the floor, like you do all that so effort, effortlessly. Like you. you are what I would say is like an athlete of a dancer. As well, well as having, kind. as well as having like lovely technique and grace, but it's all very strong and powerful. And that for me is the most impressive how you use the dynamic of both. So I appreciate that. That's what I pride myself on. So thank you because I, yeah, I've worked a lot for my legs to do what they do, and it doesn't come overnight. And that's another thing people have to understand. It's like, and if anyone's I mean, not seen your quads and calves, they're huge, <laughs> huge, <laughs> the biggest quads ever. <laughs> You have to you have to work for that, to, and then imagine losing all that in atrophy after surgery. I've done that four times now and had to rebuild to match the other one. It's been a freaking nightmare. Like, uh, it's crazy to build back up to that. But thank you, I appreciate that because I am I I pride myself on my athleticism, and especially in the show I just did. Like, I I honestly thought I'd never dance again. So to be back on stage and in the West End and in a leading role, like that was crazy for me and I worked my ass off to be there and I have to say I was with like Tommy Fresen who's like a ninja a, a robot yeah a human yeah. ninja like yeah and, and Gavin like soul mouse like yeah. these people are outrageous and I was sharing dressing rooms with them but by the end of the run there was some lines on my stomach as well okay yeah. there, was, there was some things coming across it was getting there pre-lockdown <laughs> pre-lockdown for sure <laughs> yes. not anymore don't lift up my shirt anymore I'm trying, to, I'm trying to find my lines again. Mate, you're fine. You're fine. Uh, dude, that's hilarious. Um, this is going to kick us off. Can we just come back on for five more minutes? Yes, if you've got of the time. course. Thank you, dude. I'll meet you back. Um, so two more things I want to touch on, if Go. you don't mind. You kind of briefly touched on it. World of Dance. What, uh, what, what was that like? What made you want to do a show again? Yeah, I mean... After I... you've stopped chasing the fame. I did plan on it, and that's for sure. Um, these things, I've never applied for one ever, and mm -hmm. I've done four, which is crazy. Anyways, um, <laughs> but they always find me. But they, uh, yeah, so I was doing, um, I did something called the Capizio Ace Awards in, in L.A. Mm -hmm. um, I did a piece there, uh, and it went great and it was a and the prize was a show so that was like more my route of like cool my own show blah 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 um and then i got contact someone got my number she phoned me a producer from world of dance and she was like i've never seen a connection like you and your partner had on stage would you be interested in doing world of dance and at that time the first season was airing so that first season, like, I was so humbled by that call because it was like that first season was legends. It was all mm -hmm. legends. It was crazy, right? Yeah. So I was like, oh, 
freaking out. And I was like, look, I don't think my partner will want to. I will ask her because Julia's not that world. No, not at all. No. And then I called her and I said, look, this has happened. And I, and I was making her watch World of Dance when we were in LA doing Ace Awards because I was like, you have to see the show. And so I called her and I was like, look, they've asked for a bunch. She was like, yo, this could be really fun. She was like, I know the caliber of that, like what was on it. And she was like, and it's a reason for us to get together and dance and hang out, which is true because we don't see each other. She lives in France and mm-hmm. here. So we thought, look, we'll throw together an audition and we'll send it in. So we, we got together. She came to London. We filmed three, no, two numbers. And literally we did one number one time all the way through because we couldn't do it anymore. It was too hard. And we had rehearsed it enough. We did one time. And then we did our What About Us like a couple times. So we choreographed these two routines and three days sent off. They were not that good. Okay. I'm mm-hmm. Our videos. And then we got a call and they were like, we love you. We want you to do blah, blah. And all of a sudden we were on this show. Um, and so it wasn't planned, but it was just this cool thing that we thought we get to experience this together. Like you're yeah. my soulmate, like we're best friends. This is such a cool life thing. We get to be on this platform like together. And it was different this time because I was with someone else and I didn't need to win. Mm. I wasn't in it to get anything out of it. I had my career, I knew who I was. I was also confident with who I was in my sexuality, like in my whole persona. And so, and I wasn't on God to Dance. So this was a whole other, environment you know Mm -hmm. and and so yeah we trained we like we didn't we stopped drinking we stopped eating we did like so well for like months leading up to it so we're like we're gonna go we're gonna do it good right Mm -hmm. um and it's a great show in regards to how they take care of you like they flew us back and forth for each round they put us up they they treat you really well um and then our season as well had brilliant people on it so it was super inspiring and and every part of it we just really took in and enjoyed as much as we could but like i said i didn't need anything out of it this time you know yeah Um, yeah but even saying that i said earlier like you get in the bubble and yeah because you you touched upon like you even had a fallout yeah we did because that last round like as well it was hard because they were very these okay so it's different here i'm like with whoever on this got to dance show and then there you have tabitha napoleon telling you to do something else and then matt katie telling you to do something people else. that you want to work for or with anyway and then jenna Duan tatum giving you advice and it's like that's a different level and to say oh i'm not going to let those opinions in is easier said than done yeah and so we knew what we wanted to do for that second round and we just kept being told this that maybe add this maybe do this maybe that. and that was hard to ignore from those kinds of people you know mm. um and so we kind of fell out over that and like the the stress of it and 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 we are fine and then we had a good cry together and the next day we had a great show but it was that was the only frustrating thing and and the also that round like both rounds i did a lot of partnering and i regret not really getting to dance that was sad that we didn't go one more round the next one she was gonna support me and stuff and and then also that round there's a lot of things that didn't air in regards to like them comparing our our fake relationship to a married couple and like Mm -hmm. tv stuff tv stuff and up until that point i really felt like this was different 
And yeah. in that round, I was like, oh, right, we're on a TV show. So we're back. <laughs> we're back. This is a TV show. Yeah. How many, like, the, the, the partnering that you, I know you said you didn't dance much, but the partnering that you did do was outrageous. beyond, it was outrageous. It was, it was like, it was like watching, it was like watching gymnasts. So it's like watching a circus show. Like, Thank you know what I mean? Paid. It wasn't like watching a dance duet. I was like, oh, it's a stunt, it's stunt, it's stunt men. Like, it's stupid. Like, how many times did you drop her on her head? Like, okay. I chucked her. I chucked her over my head. So I'd, I'd been telling her about this lift called the Flying Squirrel for years, mm-hmm. and then we got on the show, and I was like, "Baby," and she was like, "I know. We have to do the Flying Squirrel right? with no smile." I know, <laughs> I know. the I machine know the talking. Squirrel, right? Yeah. And she, like she runs. I throw her over my head. I do a half a turn. She lands head first in between my head. My and I catch her before she hits the ground. Right. Um, and I've only done this lift once in competition. This is my upbringing, okay? So we, I grew up learning that lift when I was 17, just so you know. But uh, I'd never done it again with anyone else because it's fucking crazy. Yeah. And uh, They could die. Yeah, true. Because also there's no, like, in between. It's like you prep enough, and then it's like, okay, so this time we're trying it. Mm. There's, like, no, like, step towards it. And it was just us in the studio, so we had no spotters. But I was like, you trust me? She's like, I trust you. Anyway. <laughs> Crazy French woman. I do, I do a good Julie, right? Yeah. And then, um, yeah, so we had this amazing, like, half the partnering was just, like, we. I've never done a routine that hard in my life, ever. And we've never done partnering that hard in my life. When we made it, it's a minute long. We had to send it to the producers in two parts because we couldn't do it all the way through. <laughs> like, it is so hard. And we nailed it on the live show, like, better than yeah. we ever had. And we were so proud of it. Like the other guy, the other team we were against, he runs across the stage to slide under her knee. Mm. I throw Julie over. Anyways, I could get into bitterness that I won't, but it was a TV show at the end of the day. But our two performances, we're so proud of Kane. Like, yeah, we came out of it. We were like, we never, ever would have pushed ourselves. To like when you're 80 to show your grandkids that, you'll be like, Look what, <laughs> look what Papa did. They'll be like, no, but, uh-huh. Yeah, flying, flying squirrel, baby. Flying, flying squirrel. squirrel. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. She's like 30. She was 30 when we did it. 31 or 30. You okay, know, 30. 30's not old. Relax. No, but to do the what we were Jeez. doing. You know? Yo, my, uh, <laughs> my perception of age has changed. I'm not going to lie. Tommy's almost 40. And I know. Of the best dancer I've ever seen. So, yeah. It's different. You're right. But I just, I was so proud of her. And I was so proud of like us for representing like we're from Calgary in the south of France. Like we're just nobodies. And to be mm. on a show like that and and also be well received, like because when the show aired, nobody thought they should have won. So I'm telling you that by the audience, even though the audience don't choose. Mm. Uh, it was really, it was a great experience for us. But it, there was a down after it, like every TV show. Like we stayed in LA for a month and after it was like it was a couple weeks of like i just feel low because you're so high adrenaline bro through the roof it's all you're thinking about you're constantly replaying things like you're changing it's just it's it's really but without without the lows you don't realize how good the highs are too exactly like you've you've got to go and it sucks but you have to experience those crap things like i said it the other day I can't remember who too. I think with Katie Collins on an episode, we were saying that feeling after a job where you're like, what do I do now? You know, like what's next? And you're a bit yeah. like, oh, like I'm doing nothing this week. Like, and you've got to experience the lows to know how great the highs are. Yeah. I think I always preach this exact same thing. Like you, you need to have those lows 
so you understand when you're in your moment of superiority like how grateful you need to be to be there right and really take it in be present in it because guess what another love is coming because that's how life works right and it's like mm -hmm. you just have to take in and enjoy those highs so much but the high of a reality show is quite uh, unique. Yeah, I, I dude, I I can imagine being being working on the on the TV shows hot enough, seeing it happen to other people, let alone experiencing it. So when's your next one? So when's the next one? Well, we'll see. You never know. Don't count me out yet. I won't. I haven't done the Got Talent anywhere, so we'll. Uh, <laughs> it's got to be somewhere really cool. Yeah, exactly. Um. What advice would you have for a dancer, whether it be someone already in the industry and trying to fight, push their way to where they want to get or someone even coming into it? Um, I always say this advice to everyone is like, there is no other you in the whole world, you know, like anatomy built wise, personality, uh, life experience, like you are unique in who you are. Um, and therefore an addition to this world a beautiful addition to this world um, and i think the sooner that you stop trying to be what you think people want you to be you will be right for a job eventually because you and you alone will be the person to hire for that and i think it's important to know as a dancer that the strongest thing and the most important thing you have in a room of 100 dancers is that you are you mm. and and the sooner you can see that as a positive in, and I get it's harder than it is to say because of the amount of like pressure and all the influences uh, all, all day, every day on our phone, in front of us, you know, do this, be better, have this. But what you have that no one else has is that you are you. Mm. Uh, I've gotten my career because I'm Lucas McFarland and there's no other Lucas McFarland in the whole world. And I learned that early because it was praised, but um, it's the reason I am where I am. It's because mm. I know nobody will ever be a better me, you know? Yeah. Unless they can do 17 spins without a sock. <laughs> um, no, that, I couldn't agree more. That's so true. And I feel like that is something that you learn with experience and age. Yeah. But the sooner you learn it, the easier it's going to be. Yeah. To know that, like, it's also, I mean, as we both know, it's not, and I just explained a billion times, it's not always about your dancing, right? And nine out of ten times, it's not about your dancing. And Definitely not. And that's an important lesson to learn as well, right? And and not try to f get down on yourself about that. Like when I just moved here and I started book uh, crafting auditions, like I had to change my whole outlook on basing how I was doing off of jobs I was booking versus my own experiences in them and, and looking at my performances and being like, were you happy with how the audition went? Great, move on. It's because if I kept saying, oh, you're not booking anything, you're not succeeding you can't correlate those things mm -hmm. because they, they don't go hand in hand. They're not constant uh, uh, comparison points because yeah. they're unrelated actually, which is crazy in a dance industry that mm -hmm. nothing to do with your dance. So you have to really be your own motivator and your own um, challenger and your own, you know, put yourself in your own in your own shoes and stop being so comparative you know mm -hmm. lisa spencer said it once and i'll never forget she said you've got to be your own biggest cheerleader and i was like so yes totally. like so true like can't rely on other people to like pick no. you up you exactly. gotta keep pushing dude this has been amazing thank you so much i've loved thank catching you. up with you I'm hopefully we'll, to see you. i know hopefully <laughs> we can do it in like penzance or something like that yes please Some, somewhere exotic like cornwall yeah. my favorite place in the world right? my favorite yeah. place in the world 
I'm down. Definitely. Um, no, we should try and do like a late summer school there. We'll, 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 let's message her now. <laughs> pressure. Peer, peer, peer pressure to Fiona. Um, yeah, dude, this has been amazing. Thank you so much. And Thank I hope you. to see you soon. You are amazing. One love. Cheers, mate. Bye. Thank you, mate. Thank Bye. You. Thank you for listening to the Ins and Outs podcast. Please leave a five-star rating and review on iTunes. Share the podcast with your friends and family. And message me on Instagram or any other form of social media, either on the podcast account or my own account, Mr. Paul Change. I want to know who you want to hear from, what you want to know, and I will make it happen. One love. Stay safe. Bye.